Hey guys, it's Blake, and you're listening to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. So I am still coming down from my weekend in Los Angeles. Uh, if you had been following along with me on Instagram and Twitter, then you saw that I was running around LA, I was in West Hollywood, I was in Santa Monica, I was in Burbank, I was, you know, rubbing elbows with all of the celebs, um, and I promised you guys that I would give you all of the deets when I got back. So let's dive in. So I had explained to you guys last week that Matt and I aren't huge into Valentine's Day because our anniversary is on the 17th. So, um, you know, because the last few years have been COVID-y, uh, we decided we really wanted to go big this year and, I don't know, maybe go on a trip or do something really special for our, our anniversary. Um, so Matt had been talking to this woman, um, as you guys know, Matt works for a resort brand and, um, he does a lot of work with celebrities, uh, the housewives have filmed at this resort and, um, he recently had worked on a project with, uh, Ellen DeGeneres and the Ellen team, um, for them to film there on location during her last season. So in doing this, Matt connected with, you know, a, a lot of people on the crew, the production, um, all of that. And I, I always am in awe of how my husband, who I love and adore, is able to, um, like, cultivate relationships. I It's honestly his superpower. Like, he is the ultimate networker. Um, and I think, like, we all think, like, yeah, we're always networking, social media and, and schmoozing and all of that. But, like... He is somehow able to connect with people in like a professional capacity. And by the end of the conversation, they're like, oh, my God, I want to be your best friend. And they stay in touch with him. And like it's it, it truly blows my mind because when I'm working and I contact people, they're like, leave me the fuck alone. So I don't know how he does it. But like I said, it's magical. He he just is um, he's like so loved by anyone that he ever works with. So they want to stay in touch and they want to maintain a relationship. And that has served him really well, obviously in a professional capacity, um, but also just personally, like he's made a lot of really, really great relationships with people. And one of the benefits of that is that when we do travel or we do go to places, uh, he can contact these people and be like, hey, let's hang out. Um, so one of the producers from the Ellen team actually now works on the Jennifer Hudson show. And she loved Matt. They've stayed in touch. They communicate on social media. Um, and she had just been saying to him over and over again, like, you have to come out and visit. Like, I'd love to, you know, get you and Blake tickets to the J-Hud show and we can go out and hang out and all of this stuff. Um, and like, very, very important, important for me to make it clear, like, he's not making these connections with the purpose of like getting free shit. Like it's not a kickback type situation. He's not like doing it in any sort of weird capacity to like benefit him at work. It really is just who he is as a person. Like he he will always go that extra step to go and introduce himself to someone or like make that FaceTime or, you know, like send a little gift to their room. And, and again, it's not because he wants anything in return. It's like he just knows that that's like the the right thing to do and it's the nice thing to do and people uh clearly value that so we had been in communication with this producer from the J-Hud show and uh she was you know sending us the schedule of when the shows were and we were like you know what they they come back from their winter hiatus right before our, our anniversary that's the perfect time to go let's let's do it 
Um, so we made these plans off to LA to see Jay hud So excited. Um, and we were telling our friends Tyler and Juan about it, and it was Tyler's birthday on the 16th, so the day before our anniversary. So we were like, hey, come along. Why the hell not? So Juan and Tyler came with us. We left on Wednesday morning. Um, we made really good time getting out to LA and we gained an hour. Thank you, Daylight Savings. So by the time we got there, it was still like early afternoon. Um, we actually went down in Marina del Rey. We went and saw my grandma's old house, which is completely renovated. Like it looks so different, but it was really cool to go back and, and like just be there and be on her street and like, I don't know, feel the nostalgia in all of that. Um, I think I've explained to you guys before that growing up, my my dad was a builder and my mom was a designer. And so they would build houses um, and, and we would just like move all the time. Like he would build a house, we'd live in it and then we'd build the next one and then we'd sell the last one. And we were just constantly jumping from house to house, which sounds chaotic, but like I actually loved it. Um, we never moved like out of my school district. In fact, four of our houses were on the same street. Um, and I think that's why I have such a like a keen eye for design and architecture and all of that stuff now. So I, I loved it, but I've explained that I don't have that same sense of like having a childhood home that so many people do. Um, so for me, being able to go back to my grandma's house, which like I spent my entire childhood up until like the age of 20 when she passed away going and visiting there multiple times a year like in middle school we would go on vacations and like I'd bring friends with me and we'd all stay at my grandma's house and we'd go to Disneyland and like all of the things so that was kind of my um equivalent of like having a childhood home so it was really fun to go see that um I mean I literally just like stood outside and took a quick pick and then ran away. Uh, but it was fun. And then we headed up to Hollywood. We were staying at the Tommy Hotel in Hollywood, which is a super cute, like boutique style hotel. Um, it's pet friendly. So this time we didn't have the dogs, but the last time we went to LA, we took our dogs with us and stayed there. So highly recommend the Tommy in Hollywood if you're going to LA. So um, we get there, we settle in, we freshen up a bit, and then we have dinner reservations at eight o'clock at Tom Tom. So keep in mind, this is Wednesday night. But I, part of me was thinking like, okay, it's Vanderpump Rules night. The show's airing. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe people will be out in the bars, like the, the Vanderpump Rules bars. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's like it's show night <laughs> is what I'm thinking. Uh, so we head over there. And it is empty. West Hollywood is a ghost town, um, which like if you've ever been out in West Hollywood on the weekend, like it is insane. So yeah, it was very, very quiet. But um, we enjoyed our Tom Tom experience immensely. Uh, the the vibes are cool. Um, our waiter was really friendly. Um, the drinks were all interesting and fun. I mean, I just got a beer, but like everyone else's drinks looked interesting and fun. And the food, like I, I kind of, with all of these bars, you know, when there's a bar that's like, like big on the gimmick, um, or especially in these, this situation, it's like so unique in that there's such a built in like attraction to the bar. Like people are going there for the photo op. They're not necessarily going there for the, the food or drink. Um, so it would be easy for these types of places to just kind of like throw that away. Like I get with, with Tom Tom and like, especially Tom Sandoval, like the drinks were really important, but the food, it's all kind of like tapa style, like finger foods, bar foods. Like it's not, um, 
It's not meant to be like a five-star sit-down restaurant, so I was expecting the food to be a bit of a throwaway, but it was so good, you guys. I got um, crispy cauliflower uh, wings. They call them wings. Um, it's basically just like, you know, little cauliflower tempura, but delicious. And then we got, um, I think we got these Brussels sprouts that were really fucking good. Um, I got uh, spicy tuna on crispy rice, which I had seen that Katie Maloney had ordered in the premiere episode. So I was like, I gotta try that. And the food was like the best part of the entire experience. So yeah, very into it. Um, we were there for like an hour or two and I was kind of thinking, I don't know, maybe someone will show up, who knows, but they didn't. So we kind of ventured out onto Santa Monica Boulevard and we're walking around and at one point we were standing outside of Rocco's and we were contemplating going inside and I was like, I don't know, it seems a little like, it doesn't seem to be popping off in there. Like the lights were kind of up and the music was quiet and I was like, I don't know, it just seems weird. So we walked away. Um, cut to later that night when we got back to the hotel and I was, you know, swiping through Twitter and I see that uh, Erica Jane was inside Rocco's filming for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is why the lights were up and the music was down. <laughs> so um, note to self, always go inside. <laughs> if you don't like it, you can leave, but always check it out. So that was a bummer. But I mean, we were we were like steps away. It's just a, a, the, the pat of a pussy away from Miss Erica Jane. So anyways, we didn't go into Rocco's. We did go to the Abbey. Um, at this point, we're, I, actually, I think before we went to the Abbey, we went to a, a few other bars and got some drinks. We must have, because by the time we got to the Abbey, my adorable, beautiful, lovely husband, who I just r raved about how like he is so great at making connections and building relationships, um, <laughs> he... <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not going to get into the, the nitty gritty of it all. I don't want to embarrass him, but we got kicked out of the Abbey. <laughs> so at that point we, it's like 1am. So we got an Uber and went back to the hotel and crashed. And that was that. But I mean, honestly, I feel like getting kicked out of the Abbey is, um, it's like a, a rite of passage for a gay. So there you go. Welcome to the club. I mean, I've never been kicked out. <laughs> I'm far too classy for that. Um, reminds me of that moment in, in Ireland on Real Housewives of Orange County when Heather Dubrow was like, we just got kicked out of this store. Like, I was so mortified. Um, but I recognize that it is a gay rite of passage. So there you go. So the next morning we get up and it is J-HUD day. So uh, we we know that we're actually going to be in the audience for two tapings. So we're there for two episodes. I know how long live show tapings go. So I'm like, all right, guys, we need to <laughs> like go fill our bellies, um, you know, get a big coffee and like get ready to uh, strap ourselves in to these audience seats for like 10 hours. It's going to be a long one. So we headed up to Burbank. We got breakfast and then we went over to Warner Brothers Studios and we uh, were told to get there at no later than than 1 p.m. because that's when check-in started. So we got there at like 12.45. Everyone was already being taken inside. We like did a really, really quick COVID test, which like TBH, I don't even think that they like processed them. I think they like swab it and then just let you go. And they're like, yeah, it's right. So we went right in. Um, we didn't have to wait at all. They literally just like immediately took us into another waiting room where there were like couches and snacks and, and she had merch for sale. And so it was, it didn't feel like, um, 
like oh, you were waiting like for for a ride at Disneyland or anything. It was more there was more to do, more to see. Um, they had episodes of her show playing in this room. Um, yeah, so it was it was fine, not bad at all. And I think we only waited in there for maybe a half hour, and then they finally took us into the. Um, like onto the soundstage where we all sat and got ready for the show. So now if you've ever been to a live taping of any show, they have like a hype man who comes out and gets you gets you going. And we were sitting in the very front row. So of course he like pulls us down to kind of like dance in front of the whole audience and, and all of it, um, which like, you know. I, I live for this. That was my goal. I was like, if I don't, if I don't get to perform for this room full of 150 people, including Jennifer Hudson's producers, like what is the point of this trip? So check. Uh, then Jennifer comes out and she starts the show and it is really good. Okay. So you guys, I'd never watched the Jennifer Hudson show before, but it's still new. So I give myself a little credit, um, but she's great. I mean, she's not the best, like, interviewer which is a skill like it is something she she will have to learn but she's got a great personality she's charismatic she's funny she's she's beautiful so all in all i really enjoyed myself um the the guests on the first show were paula abdul like oh my fucking god um and then uh some like bird guy like a guy who had birds so that was cool. Um, and then Jillian Michaels. And then on the second episode, it was Tamar Braxton and the Isley Brothers who performed You Make Me Want to Shout with Jennifer. Uh, so it was like very iconic. Lots of iconic moments uh, throughout the day. But like I said to you guys before, I was expecting it to be like a 10, 11 hour thing. Like I was like, we're going to be here all fucking night. Like by the time we get out, it's going to be tomorrow. Um, it was so quick and like well organized and in between the two episodes they like took us back to that room I was telling you guys about with the merch and all of that and they had uh Chick-fil-A waiting for everyone which like obviously I'm like all right um anti-gay I I like they're anti-gay but I'm pro-chicken so well it's fine um and then yeah they like shuffle us right back in and we go for round two and all in all I think in total we were there for like four and a half, five hours. So very, very quick, especially for two show tapings. Like the fact that they can produce two hour long shows in a five hour period is very impressive. Um, so yeah, so the, the second show ends, we're getting ready to leave and, uh, wasn't expecting this, but we are swept back into the studio and onto the stage where we get to meet Jennifer Hudson, talk to Jennifer Hudson, um, take a picture with Jennifer Hudson. Matt stepped on her shoe and had to apologize to Jennifer Hudson. So overall, iconic, um, so cool. Uh, on this day, Thursday, it was Tyler's birthday. So we were like, it's his birthday. And she was like, oh, happy birthday. And like did a, like a cute little jig for it. Like it was very cute. She like danced for him. It was I, The whole thing was awesome. Um, we're still waiting to get our photo that we took with Jennifer back uh, from the, so we didn't take it on our cell phones. They like the there was a professional photographer shooting like the whole um, or like shooting images of the whole day, the whole show, the taping, all of that. You know, they use that for like promo, social media, website stuff, um, and just like to document, you know, documentation. 
So that guy took the photo of all of us. And um, so now we're just like anxiously waiting to receive the photo back because I'm like, I told everyone I met Jennifer Hudson and now I have to prove it. (laughs) Um, But as soon as I get it back, I will post it because I'm very excited. So then after the Jennifer Hudson show, I had made reservations at um, a little spot called De Buena Planta in Silver Lake. Um, So actually a good friend of mine, Callie, works there and I have not seen her since pre-COVID. So I was like, I am just going to make a reservation while you're working and we're going to come see you. So we did. And it was really fun. This place is super cute. It's like very um, like Tulumi vibes, um, like straight up heading to Mexico. And it's I think it's all vegetarian. Like that would make sense with the name De Buena Planta. But everything I got was delicious and and so yummy and the drinks were really good. And more importantly, I got to see my friend Callie, who was in my wedding. Um, I lived with her when we lived in California or like when I lived in L.A., we lived together for several years. And if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, then, you know, um, About a year ago, I went out to L.A. and got into a screaming fight with uh, some of my friends in the middle of an IHOP at 3 a.m. And I had explained that this, like, group of friends was extremely fractured and there were people on all sides of it. And, like, I was kind of the last person in the middle and this was, like, the final crack of the friend group. Well... Callie was on the other side of the friend group. So I, you know, now I'm like, all right, it's you and me, girl. (laughs) So it was really nice to see her and catch up. And, you know, um, our my friends that I got in that screaming fight with and IHOP, uh, two of them got married this past year and Matt and I were uninvited to the wedding and Callie wasn't invited at all. So, you know, we commiserated over all of that. It was a lot of fun. Um, And yeah, I got like, very lit. Like I got very, very drunk. Um, I had one tequila shot, which I think I've told you guys, like, I'm not a shot guy. I cannot hold my alcohol and not in like a, I don't get super drunk and I don't get like sloppy. I I will just like fall asleep. (laughs) So, um, I typically do all beer, but I had one tequila shot and I feel like that sent me over the, (laughs) the, the edge. Like I, I don't, yeah, it was it was wild. It's been a long time since I've gotten that drunk. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't get kicked out of De Buena Planta. <laughs> so Okay, so then on Friday we went uh we went to the mall. I mean, that's like what you do when you go to a major city. You go to the mall, right? Uh no, very like middle America. Um, but we wanted to do some shopping, and so we went to the Century City Mall, which is a great mall. It's really fun. They have a ton of great stores. I spent a bloody fortune at Zara. Um, I saw an All Saints sweater that I'm obsessed with that is gray with black hearts all over it, and I really, really want it, you guys. So I might buy it. I don't know. I don't know. I like I went onto their website and I signed up for their newsletter so I could get a uh, 15% discount. Like that will make this $250 black heart sweater so much more reasonable. Um, and what else? What else? What else? I mean, that's kind of it. We like marched around the mall and we just like piddled around and we went to lunch at a place called Italy, which is really fun. Um, I think they have them all over, but but it's like a half um like Italian market where there's like vendors and you can go and buy produce and meats and all sorts of stuff. And then they have like actual restaurants in there also. Um, So we went in and walked around and we're like sniffing the cheeses and all the things you do. And then we went and um, 
um, actually sat down and ate in the restaurant. I ate so much pasta on this trip, you guys. I never order pasta. That's just, it's like not something I do. But for some reason, um, I ordered pasta at Italy. I ordered pasta again on our last night out. We went someplace else for dinner. Like I, I was, I don't know, craving carbs, I guess. So we leave the mall full of pasta and we head back to the hotel, shower, freshen up, get ready because that night, Friday night, we had a reservation at Pump for dinner. So the four of us go to Pump and um, it, I've been to Pump before, but it's it's beautiful inside, guys. And, and compared to TomTom, I, I think I lean towards the vibe of Pump. It's like this beautiful fantasy garden and it's like, I don't know, it's, it's really pretty. Although Matt did say at one point, he was like, I feel like we're at a, a wedding reception and like someone's about to like clink their glass to give a toast because there, I mean, I do get it. There's like rose petals everywhere. It's, it's, I mean, it's classic Lisa Vanderpump, you know? But I really dig it. The food was good. I got the cheeseburger, which you guys, like, again, the cheeseburger was fucking great. Like, I feel like a cheeseburger at Pump could be just a throwaway item, but it was so good. Um, so there you go. And uh, right after we'd finished eating, my friend Anne came and joined us. And I've, I've definitely talked about Anne. I know I've posted about her on social media. Um, she's my lawyer, which, like, I highly, highly recommend everyone have a lawyer friend uh, who can get you out of trouble or like threaten people that you don't like. <laughs> um, but she and I have known each other since like middle school and we are really great friends. Um, I've, I've posted, I know I've posted her before. One year we dressed up like Brittany and Justin in the denim on denim outfit for Halloween, killed it. Uh, but so she came and met up with us, which was really sweet because she, so she lives in LA. So like, I don't get to see her a ton, but she's getting married here in Tucson in like two weeks. So I'm going to see her then. And I saw her a few, like a month ago for her bridal shower. So I told her when we were coming out, I was like, you know, if it's, if, if you can't make it work, I know your wedding is literally weeks away. Um, don't worry about it. But she made the effort. She came and met us at pump, like straight from work an angel, a literal angel. Um, and so she sat with us and we're, we're there hanging out for like a half hour. And all of a sudden, who walks into pump, but Lisa fucking Vanderpump and Ken Todd and Puffy Vanderpump Todd. Um, and they, they walk in and she kind of is like walking around. Like she doesn't have to go to the host. She just picks a table. And so she's kind of walking around, like looking at where she's going to sit. And I immediately am just like, hi, Lisa. And she kind of looks at me and like for a split second, I can tell she's like, do I, do I know him? And then she's just like, oh, hi. And I like made some comments. I was like, are you going to sit right next to us? And she was like, I guess so. And so she just sat down literally right next to us. Um, so then for the next like hour, we're just sitting there next to Lisa and Ken and they're with another couple and Puffy, of course. Um, and we're just like freaking out. And I'm thinking to myself like, okay, when is the appropriate time to get up and go talk to them, you know? Um, and so I'm just like, we'll, we'll just sit here until they're done. Like, I don't want to go interrupt them while they're eating. Um, we'll stay at this fucking table until they leave. And then when, when they get up, we'll go talk to them. I was like, that's, that's like the gentle way to do it. But of course, after like, you know, a, an hour of us sitting there next to them, the host comes up and is like, hey, guys, I just want to let you know, like, we do have another party that's going to need this table soon, but we can move you into the lounge. And so I was like, OK, fine. But but that table right there at the front of the lounge that directly looks at Lisa Vanderpump's table. <laughs> so he moves us in there and I, I go I'm like, you know, leading the pack into the lounge and um 
Oh, oh, I totally missed a step. So at one point while we're sitting there after Lisa comes and joins us, Anne texts her younger sister, who I've also known since she was like five. And um, she lives in LA too and is obsessed with Vanderpump Rules and all things Bravo, Lisa Vanderpump, all of it. So Anne texts her sister and is like, you need to come here right now. So her sister Monica shows up literally straight from the dog park. I think she like made her husband drop her off at pump and like take the dogs home. So she's in sweats, a baseball cap. She just comes and sits down next to us. So we're all getting up and we're heading into the lounge and I get there and I sit down and I turn around and like the entire group is just standing around Lisa Vanderpump talking to her. (laughs) So Monica, apparently the, the one that joined us in her sweats and ball cap decided like, this is our chance and just goes up and starts talking to Lisa Vanderpump and is like, I have two dogs. I have two golden retrievers. And like, you know, with anyone else, they'd be like, all right, great. Keep it moving weirdo. But with Lisa Vanderpump, she was like, oh my God, tell me everything. And they got into, I kid you not, you guys, like a 30 minute conversation. Um, like we're all just kind of like standing in the middle of the restaurant. Like at one point I just, I'm like, let's just go sit down. And like my friend, Anne, who doesn't watch any of this stuff is standing there like, you know, like, what the fuck? I'm a lawyer. (laughs) Um, But anyways, God bless Monica, because she definitely opened the door for it. Uh, She talked to Lisa for like, like I said, like 25 minutes, 30 minutes. And then my friends Juan and Tyler went up and talked to her. And, you know, uh, Tyler was like, it was my birthday yesterday. And they got a picture with her. And then Matt and I go up and we talk to her. And she was so, so kind. Um, You know, she she asked us a little bit about us and if we were a couple and all of that. And I said we were married and we're celebrating our our anniversary. And she asked if we had any kids. And I started to explain that we're in the process of trying to adopt. Um, And as I'm sure a lot of you listening know, her son Max is adopted. So we ended up getting into this like really lovely, like 15 to 20 minute conversation about our adoption and her adoption and, you know, other options like surrogacy and all of this. Like at one point she literally looked at Matt and was like, are you telling me you don't want a little baby with this dimple and then she like poked his dimple it was so cute and matt will take that to his grave like literally his headstone will say dimple poked by lisa vanderpump um but it was so great she was so sweet we snapped a photo with her it's really funny i like sent the the picture to obviously everyone and a lot of people were like it looks like you're posing with a cardboard cutout of lisa vanderpump in the middle of this restaurant but i swear to god it's actually her and i can tell you guys that while i did facetune myself and my husband she did not get an ounce of face tuning. Like that is just what she looks like. She literally is beautiful, gorgeous, stunning. She is the moment. She is my mother. She is Lisa fucking Vanderpump. So from there, we head back out into West Hollywood and we're walking up and down Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, we we wandered into like a RuPaul's Drag Race um, episode release party where like a bunch of the people from this season of RuPaul's Drag Race were there and there were some performances. We like literally just wandered into this bar and we're like, oh, cool. So that was fun. But that's like, that's the magic of LA is that you literally are a stone's throw from like your favorite reality TV celebrities at any given time. And um, I can tell you with uh, full confidence that the same cannot be said for Tucson, Arizona. Oh, there was also this bar that we tried to go to multiple times while we were there. It's called Beetle House and it's a Beetlejuice themed bar. And I actually have heard about it through my work. um, And I was pretty excited to go because we love Beetlejuice, the the movie, we love Beetlejuice. If you've ever seen the the musical, it's fucking phenomenal. 
So we were super excited to go. Uh, we went on... Also on Wednesday night we didn't go because they were closed. On Thursday we tried to go and they had we got there at like eleven fifteen and they had closed at eleven, which is weird for LA. And then on Friday we went at one point and we waited in line outside for like thirty minutes. And then finally when the bouncer came up, he was like, Oh, it's not Beetle House tonight. We like have a private rental and they've completely changed it out and it's gonna be a two hundred dollar cover per person. So we were like, Fuck you. And we went back to West Hollywood. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were just like out and about dancing all night long. Like I bought a, a sparkly black uh, cowboy hat that I was rocking, you know, like rhinestone, rhin, rhinestone, oh, rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> all in all, we had a great time. It was so much fun. So we go home again. Uh, we pass out, and then the next day we wake up, and it is Saturday, our final day. Um, so this day, uh, I knew that I had a very special appointment set up for my friend Tyler for his birthday, uh, which we will get into shortly. So I was like, we've got some time to kill. The appointment was at 4 p.m. Um, so we went down to Santa Monica, and we walked around the the pier. Um, we got lunch. We, like, I don't know, saw some seagulls. Matt was like, terrified that he was going to get pooped on. It was a whole thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, at one point I tried to get a tattoo. I wanted to get a black heart tattoo while I was there. And I didn't like seek out a place or make an appointment, but while we were walking around, um, in Santa Monica on the promenade, there was a tattoo place where they were doing flash tattoos, which if you're not familiar, flash tattoos are, um, like pre-designed, uh, they're usually pretty small, quick tattoos that you can just like walk in and get. Um, you can't really change them. It's not like a custom tattoo. So that's, that's the whole thing about it. It's a flash. Um, and typically flash tattoos are not super expensive. That's the whole point. It's like, you don't get to choose it. It's just whatever the designer has, has picked. Like there's maybe 20 options. Um, and again, they're usually small, it, I, I don't think I, I have a lot of flash tattoos. I think it's really fun, um, especially on Friday the 13th. That's kind of how they started. It was like a Friday the 13th special thing. Um, but typically they're, I, I think the most expensive flash tattoo I've ever gotten was like $50 before tip. Um, so at this place, they happened to have a black heart flash tattoo. And I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. So uh, I sit around, I like start filling out some paperwork. I'm like talking to the guy going over the design. They like literally print it out and like the right size. And I find where I want it on my body. And then finally he's like, all right, that's going to be $200 for a fucking like one inch by one inch black heart tattoo. So I laughed in the guy's face and walked out. <laughs> I was like, we have an appointment to get to at four o'clock anyways. So we did. We left. We um, went uh, up to West Hollywood again. Can I, Can you guys tell that we're just like obsessed with West Hollywood? And um, I had booked an appointment for my friend Tyler at uh, a place called Kayla Aesthetics. So you might have also heard or seen me talking about Kayla Aesthetics on social media. Um, Kayla actually is a friend of mine and she also has been on the podcast. So you can go back and find that. Um but she is an esthetician and she works out of uh, elite aesthetics. Basically, it's like a med spa, I think, um, in West Hollywood. And she does services for like all of the Vanderpump Rules girls, like literally Raquel, um, Ariana, 
Sheena, she does all the time. She just told me that Katie's going in soon. Um, she's done some of the guys. She does like other reality stars and other celebrities. She does actresses, actors. Um, really, really cool. So we went in and uh, she gave Tyler like a full facial treatment um, with like all sorts of bells and whistles. And while he was doing that, she strapped me and uh, Matt and my friend Juan into what's called M-Sculpt Neo. And it is basically like, do you guys remember those infomercials from the early aughts where it was like, wear this belt and you will have a six pack. So it's that, but like a big ass fucking machine and you lay down and they like strap this like belt onto your stomach and then for a half hour, it like forces your abs to, to do contractions. Um, and for the first like 60 seconds, it was the fucking weirdest feeling ever. But after that, you, you like it, it almost kind of feels good. Um, but basically this treatment is she was explaining this is like what the Kardashians do to their entire bodies like this is for tightening and toning and like lymphatic drainage and all this stuff that basically keeps you toned and tight and sexy. And um, basically I left there with an eight pack. So highly, highly, highly recommend. But in all seriousness, um, if you are in the LA area, go visit Kayla at Kayla Aesthetics. Um, like I said, her facials, like Tyler, I was a little worried because I was like, oh, we're probably going to go out after this facial. Like, is he going to be all red and splotchy? But like, he looked so fucking good. His his skin was like glowing and shiny and didn't look like like red and blotchy at all. Like he he was gorgeous. Gorgeous, Tyler. So highly recommend Kayla. Um, and not only that, like not only is she incredibly good at what she does and leaves you looking like like a fresh baby, but she's so sweet. Um, I've known her forever. Like I said, like literally since middle school. Um, and she's so kind. She's so sweet. She will answer any questions you have and talk you through the, the treatments that she's doing. Um, so you guys, I highly, highly recommend, please go check her out if you're in LA. Um, but I do have to say, I have to like give a, a warning. So she did tell us, and I'm not going to name any names, but a like, we'll call him a quasi celebrity went in for a facial and apparently took his pants and underwear off for the facial and then proceeded to get a raging boner during the facial. So I've got to just put it out there. Don't, don't take your pants off like anywhere. Like don't go anywhere and take your pants off unless it's like the doctor's office. Um, but definitely not for a fucking facial. Ugh, guys, like, it's so gross, poor, this poor girl. And and it's, like, such a weird situation, too, because, like I said, this person's, like, a quasi-celebrity, so there's, like, a power play there. Like, don't make young women feel uncomfortable, especially when they're, like, trying to do their job, you know? Um, very icky. I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to say who it is, but, um, if you have guesses, send them my way. <laughs> so yeah, uh, after that, we went back to the hotel, um, freshened up, got ready. And then we went out to dinner at a place called Bossa Nova. I ordered pasta again. And then that night we just went out, um, our hotel, again, the Tommy Hotel, highly recommend. They treated us very well. So thank you, Tommy Hotel in Hollywood. Um, but they have a rooftop bar called Desert Five Spot. And it's really cool. It's like a, like a, country western bar but like very LA-ified so it's like super trendy like on the dance floor there's this these giant like um 
cowboy boot disco balls. It's, it's really fucking cool. Um, and again, like everyone is like beautiful and hot and young. And it's not like, you know, here in Tucson, we've got a lot of cowboy bars. Um, but this was not that. So we had a ton of fun. We did call it an early night because uh, at this point it had been like four nights of uh, debauchery and seeing Lisa Vanderpump and Jennifer Hudson and get, getting kicked out of the Abbey and all of the things. So we called it a pretty early night and we went to bed. And then the next morning we just headed back. And that was that. So there you have it. That was my trip to LA. Um, yeah, saw saw Lisa, saw Jennifer, saw some drag queens, saw my friend Callie, saw my friend Anne, saw my friend Monica, saw my friend Kayla. Um, yeah, I mean, it was so much fun. Such a great trip. Uh, but, you know, it's nice to be back. It's always nice to sleep in your own bed. And obviously I missed our, our dogs. So I got lots of puppy kisses when I got home. One of the best things about growing up in Arizona is that there's incredible Mexican food on every street corner. And you know what goes best with good Mexican food? Traditional Mexican horchata. Don't know what horchata is? It's creamy, delicious rice milk flavored with cinnamon, vanilla, and sugar. Okay, you thirsty now? Me too. Luckily, even if you're far from the southern border, you can get your horchata fix every day with cinnamon. Cinnamon is a brand created by my good friend Tyler, who is even more obsessed with horchata and all things cinnamon than I am. He's developed all natural skincare products and more, crafted in California with ethically sourced ingredients and infused with real cinnamon. Have you heard of the antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, or antioxidant properties of cinnamon when applied to the skin? Or how about how it helps treat acne? What about how cinnamon promotes blood flow, helping with skin elasticity by bringing blood flow to the surface of the skin and helping to moisturize skin with all of that added circulation? Some of my personal favorite products from Sinmin are their signature lip balm that gives your lips a sweet tingle and a subtle natural plump, their all-natural deodorant developed for sensitive skin, and the Coco Chata body beverage that leaves your body hydrated and smelling like heaven. They even have candles and air fresheners to keep your entire home, car, or office smelling like your favorite dessert. With Sinmin, you'll enjoy all the benefits Sinmin has to offer your skin and your senses. Visit Sinmin.com, that's S-I-N-M-I-N.com, and use code Blake at checkout for 15% off your total order today and receive free shipping on all orders over $50. That's code Blake for 15% off your order at Sinmin.com. I may have a black heart, but I can be sweet sometimes, and Sinmin definitely helps. Okay, let's talk about the Real Housewives of New Jersey from last week. So Teresa is working on her wedding plans, FaceTiming with her wedding planner and asking to see her invitations. You know who also wants to see her invitations? All of Ramona Singer's Instagram followers. Melissa and Joe are still discussing how they feel used and abused by Teresa. Danielle and Jen Aiden hang out and FaceTime with Teresa, and they discuss how Margaret's old friend Laura has come out of the woodwork to try and spread shit about Marge. Jen implies that there was a specific rumor told that is worth raising an eyebrow over, but Jen isn't spilling the deets just yet. She thinks that info will come out on its own, or via Marge. Marge has the girls over for some sprinkle cookies, courtesy of the Gorgas. Gotta love a housewife who takes a tiny little moment and makes it their entire brand for 10 years. Meredith Marks is going to be rocking I Heart Half of New York merch for the next decade, I just know it. Dolores is still upset that Jen told her that she was a bad friend, while Marge is upset because she knows that Jen and Teresa have been talking to her old friend, Laura. 
Later on, Dolores and Paul sit down to discuss their relationship and how Frank Sr. doesn't need to be around as much. But as a huge fan of Frank Sr., I strongly disagree and I beg Dolores to reconsider. So, one by one, the women receive Teresa's wedding invitation. It's a very nice invite that's inscribed on plexiglass and a box full of roses. It's very pretty. But once again, all it does is open the door for Melissa and Joe to have an entire scene talking about Teresa's wedding. This is episode two, and we've had, I don't know, four scenes like this so far? Like, I'm not a huge Teresa fan, you guys know that, but I'm starting to see why all the tree huggers find the Gorgas so annoying. Later on, Danielle hosts a mozzarella party. Yes, a mozzarella party. <laughs> I too was confused. What's a mozzarella party? And before Jen gets there, the ladies gather around to talk about her. It's part of their job description, honestly. Teresa tells Dolores that Jen was upset that Dolores didn't thank her or acknowledge that she showed up to the charity photo shoot. Dolores says that if she needs to kiss Jen's ass when she already included her when she didn't want her there to begin with, then she doesn't want to include her anymore. I'm team smack dab in the middle here. Like, I agree that Dolores certainly doesn't need to kiss Jen's ass, and when we really break it down, Dolores invited Jen because they all work together, and it's for the show, and it's the right thing to do, but I think Dolores could have easily just said to Jen, thanks so much for coming. I'm glad we can put our shit aside. Like, I, I do see both sides of it. So I'm team normal, sane person who thinks rationally and doesn't exist on this show. Danielle reveals that she didn't invite Jackie to the mozzarella party. And again, what the fuck is a mozzarella party? But it's because Jackie's a little snobby and she doesn't like how she's been looking her up and down. Also because the producers are trying to push her off the show. Jen Aiden and the new Jen quickly discuss their blip at the charity photo shoot before going to get horny over cheese. No, like literally these women are creaming over that creamy mozzarella. My God, just imagine if they were making meatballs. Margaret asks Jen straight up, why did you meet with my friend Laura? And Jen explains that she was just curious. Well, we all know, curiosity killed the cat, and Margaret might kill Jennifer. Marge tells her it's shady and it's twisted, but Jen doesn't see anything wrong with it. Margaret asks if she wants to be friends or not, and Jen says, friendship is a spectrum. <laughs> what? Marge tries to explain that she can't move forward with Jen without trust, and Jen says that Margaret's trying to turn it all on her. Marinara paranoia, if you ask me. Or did she say marijuana paranoia? I mean, they're at a mozzarella party for crying out loud, so either one makes sense. Jen says that she's not marijuana paranoid, or marinara paranoid, because she's not high all day. She's taking care of her kids. She doesn't sit in the corner smoking like a crackhead. So obviously a lot of people were not happy with Marge saying that Jen is paranoid because she's smoking marijuana, but Jen's comments were even more questionable if you ask me. Like, I think saying someone could be paranoid because of marijuana is dumb, okay, but comparing smoking weed to being a crackhead is even wilder, in my opinion, especially as someone who is smoking weed. And the comment about how she takes care of her kids, like people who smoke weed don't take care of their kids, like some people medicate with marijuana so they can take care of their kids, you know? I don't know. All in all, it was very boomer, Karen-y comments from both of them. You know, it's to be expected from Marge, but a little surprising from Jen. But if you do want to hear more on this specific subject and hear Margaret explain her perspective and her comments to Jen directly, after this episode, go listen to my girl Jenny Blaze's recent episode of her podcast, Bravo and Blaze, where she sat down with Margaret Josephs to get the full story and to discuss the benefits of marijuana. So Margaret and Jennifer are still squawking at each other, and Marge says that Jennifer has issues with everyone. Jen says she doesn't have issues with anyone, including Dolores. Dolores has issues with her. Now Dolores and Jen are going at it with Teresa in the middle looking like a bobblehead. She means well, she does, but Teresa herself would never be okay with a friend playing Switzerland, so it's funny that she wants to try and do that now. 
The new Jen also tries to get involved, telling both Dolores and Jen Aiden that they're at fault for not taking ownership of their side. Jen and Dolores team up for one split second to tell the new Jen to kindly shut the fuck up. Jen Aiden, concerned about the fact that Teresa's wedding is coming up and she now has issues with 75% of the group, tells Teresa to seat her as far away as possible from everyone else on the big day. Teresa asks the group, should she do seating arrangements or just let it be a free-for-all? So this opens up a conversation about the seating arrangements at the engagement party, or wherever that was, but uh, Teresa said that Melissa asked to be sat at another table. Then she says that they were at her table. Then she said that they were supposed to be at her table, but they weren't at her table, and I, I can't fucking keep up. I'm jumping through hoops trying to rationalize what Teresa's saying. And not big flaming hoops, they're like little spaghetti-o rings. What I'm saying is it's impossible. Okay, after my weekend in West Hollywood, you know I've got to talk about Vanderpump Rules. Sandoval and Schwartz are working on staffing the new bar for their big daily mail party. So one time, like a really, really long time ago, I had to hire an assistant, and I remember tweeting or posting something like, I'm interviewing a bunch of people today, I sure hope they like me. And that is definitely the energy that Schwartz is giving. Peter and Raquel go out on another date, but it's okay because Peter kept it casual and wore a short sleeve shirt. I mean, Peter and Raquel might be perfect for each other in the sense that together they share the combined brain cells of one human being. Raquel just finished her last pageant, and she didn't do as well as she had hoped. With this being the final pageant she'll ever compete in, she's let herself down. You know, between this and her breakup with James, she can't help but just break down in tears. I mean, you guys know I was in WeHo last week, so when I saw this, I honestly wanted to run over to Sir and give Raquel a big hug. Katie and Lala go to get tans and discuss their mutual dislike of Tom Schwartz. Lala also discusses the impact of Randall's actions on her life, and it's a lot more than just a tear streak in her spray tan. <laughs> Later, Lala heads to Villa Rosa to see Lisa and enjoy a cup of tea. Lisa's in the mood for roast, though, because she says to Lala what we've all been thinking. How did you not see any of this happening? Basically, bitch, you ain't that dumb, and neither are we. Raquel has Sheena and Ariana over and tells them that she isn't into Peter when she's sober, and she needs to end it before it really begins. Meanwhile, James and Allie are out at dinner discussing Peter's sweaty, hairy dick. No, for real, James is way too invested in Peter's Peter. It's the night of the Daily Mail party, and I gotta say, the bar looks good. The guys look good. I'm excited for everyone. Except Katie. Like, honestly, she should have just stayed home. At the party, Lisa pulls Peter aside and tells him that he needs to be careful with Raquel. He's her boss, after all. Fortunately, that won't be an issue any longer, as Raquel immediately comes up and breaks things off with him. But I think they'll be able to stay friends, you know? Peter will continue to consolidate Raquel as needed. Sheena and Schwartz are chatting and discussing Tom potentially moving on and dating, and he says that he can't even think about dating because it would feel like cheating, which is interesting, seeing as how he was actually cheating. <laughs> Lisa and Gary, the Tom's new business partner, sit down to talk shit about the Tom's. Gary is shocked at how little the Tom's know about the restaurant and bar industry, but if he'd watched any of the scenes of them with Lisa trying to create TomTom, -Tom, he probably wouldn't be so surprised. Katie and Schwartz also sit down for their first convo on camera since the divorce. Katie asks Tom, was the bar worth it? And Tom can't really say. He's proud of his new business, but it's clear that he sacrificed a lot to get to this point. 
It's sad, but it also says a lot about him that he can't make more than one thing work in his life at a time. Honestly, Katie made the right call leaving. She would have been miserable forever. Music kills Kate? More like Schwartz kills Kate. Okay, so next week we get to see the ramifications of the rumor that I started about Tom and Raquel at Coachella. Like, Katie, I'm so sorry I did this. But viewers, you're welcome. All right, finally, the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion begins. And I've got to say, the reunion episode was like better than the entire season. So let's get into it. The episode begins with a clip from Robin and Giselle's podcast revealing the truth, or at least Robin's truth, about Juan's indiscretions. Then we see bits of Andy grilling Robin on Watch What Happens Live. Honestly, after all of this, I will be shocked if they bring her back. They're really making an example of her. So the reunion set is really cool. Like, I get that it's Miami because their cast trip was in Miami, but it kind of looks like Schwartz and Sandy's, right? It actually looks better than Schwartz and Sandy's, and it probably took a lot less time to put together. Candace looks gorgeous, but Andy can't help but make a Cookie Monster comparison. I mean, we were all thinking it. But Candace says that it was intentional. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Andy addresses the seating chart and how it seems very random, but that's because all of these women hate each other, so it's hard to seat them by friends. First up, Ashley's divorce and living situation are addressed. Everyone is still in shock over her dynamic with Michael, especially after she tells them that they have keys to each other's houses. So, okay, I get why this is weird for people who've never had a healthy breakup, I do, but like, they share kids, and if they can make it work like this, give them some credit, don't tear them down. So like, my dad was married before he was with my mom. I have a half-sister. Um, my dad and his ex-wife always remained friends. I remember once when I was a kid, my dad took me and my brother to help his ex move into her new house. Like, she was at mine and Matt's wedding. So I just feel like people need to calm down. Now, my dad isn't Michael Darby, that's for sure. But still, I, I want to support people who can make this stuff work, especially when there are kids involved. Plus, Ashley and Michael's entire relationship felt very contractual to me, so I don't know, I feel like they'll be fine. Plus, Ashley apparently didn't get much despite her prenup, so she better stay on good terms with the dude. It makes sense why she would still want him to pay her bills. It really bugged me, though, how Robin was holding back a smile when asking Ashley if she was getting alimony. Robin loves to judge other people despite her own messy, messy relationship. This all gets redirected to Mia, who says the way you get a man is the way you keep a man. Ashley calling Candace the least accomplished of the wives is then brought up, and it's ironic seeing that Ashley can't afford anything without Michael's help. Her words, not mine. Candace says that she hopes that Ashley will be able to provide the same generational wealth to her kids that Candace has been awarded. But Ashley says you best believe when her kids are 30, they won't be living at home with her. Fair point, and I don't really think generational wealth means living with your mom when you're an adult, but okay. The Mia of it all is brought up, and boy oh boy is Mia Thornton a wild ride. From her cancerous rash, to her weird marriage, to her even weirder friendship with Jacqueline, it's a lot. To me, there's nothing relatable about her. Not a thing. Okay, wait, I take that back. I get rashes sometimes too. I have very sensitive skin. Then, Wendy's hot mic moment, 
You know, the one where she called Mia a liar to a producer after having just called Robin and Giselle out for calling Mia a liar to her face is addressed. But Wendy doubles down. She says, look, I thought Mia was lying, yes, but I wasn't about to say that to her face and on camera. And I actually respect that, you know? I think it's interesting that Mia calls her a snake for it. To me, she might be a snake if she were saying it to all the other ladies on camera while telling Mia otherwise on camera, but she didn't say it to any other housewife and she didn't say it on camera. So I don't know. I think it was actually the polite thing to do. Plus, Wendy was probably trying to protect herself too. Like, God forbid she calls Mia a liar and then she ends up actually having cancer. Also, it's it's a reality show, right? So like, in reality, you wouldn't publicly call someone a liar if you didn't have proof. You might say it privately though. Mia explains, or tries to explain, how she and G lost their businesses. And I still don't get it. But neither did Andy, Karen, Candace, Giselle, Ashley, Wendy, or Robin. Giselle says that the whole thing looked a little embezzly, but she appreciates Mia trying to clear it up. <laughs> Mia then says that she and G had to give up their rental homes. All of their multiple rental homes. Literally nothing she says makes sense. Like, why would you rent multiple homes? Why wouldn't you buy? Like, if you have the money to pay all of these rents, you surely could afford a mortgage or two, right? It just, it doesn't make sense. And then she spent all of that money renovating one of these rentals? Oi, Gewalt. The drama with Giselle and Chris and Candace is then addressed, and Giselle initially acts like she was completely in the right, and Chris knows it because he apologized. But Candace explains that while he did apologize, it was before he saw all of the crap that Giselle was saying about him on the show. Giselle acts dumb, which, lover or hater, she's not dumb, and she says, what crap did I say about him? Um, that he was a sneaky link and that he was trying to get with you. So Giselle apologizes, but still is adamant that she felt uncomfortable. It's not about that, Candace explains. It never was. They'd all already talked about it and they were cool. It was the fact that Giselle waited and brought it up on camera, adding in new details that made Chris look extremely sketchy. So, per Candace, Giselle can take her apology and shove it. Robin says that maybe we should all just accept the fact that it's not appropriate for a married man to be in a room alone with a single woman. Funny, given what we know now about Robin's married man. Wendy points out that Giselle has a pattern of making drama with men, and it conveniently happens right when the cameras go up. Even Andy chimes in, being like, two grown adults can't talk in a room? Really? It's a reach. And Giselle's arms are not very long, apparently. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. I hope you had a great time walking down the streets of Santa Monica Boulevard with me, then heading over to New Jersey and back to West Hollywood and then over to Potomac. It's It's been quite the trip, but I appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. As always, please follow me on social media at Blonde Hair, Black Heart, and like or subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to give me a five-star rating or review because you know that this is your favorite show so why not put it in writing let's let's make it official uh contractually obligated i'll get my friend ann who's my attorney she will sign all the paperwork and it will be official five stars legally binding never forget it <laughs> all right guys thank you love you until next time bye 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 bye, bye. Yeah.